0: episode on Open Stripe Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank y'all for joining me. And Yes, I am back, and I am back again. Man, there's a lot going on in this sports world, and I'm going to jump right into it because I have a lot to say. Uh, but for one, I want to say thank y'all for listening. Happy Black History Month. Hope y'all out here doing good, celebrating life, enjoying your life, doing good things, and living and spreading positivity, man. That's, that's what it's all about. I want to thank you, appreciate you for locking in with me and listening to this episode of Open Straw Podcast. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it. So, man oh man, it's a lot going on in the sports world, and I haven't spoken in a while, so I'm going to jump right into it with the new, current, defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Patrick Mahomes is that guy, man. He... He is an amazing talent to have two MVP, two lead MVPs, two championships, and two Super Bowl MVPs and throw for 5,000 yards and break all the records that he has been breaking. That's that is insane. He's definitely and my thing for some people, some people want to jump out and say, Patrick Mahone, top five of all time. Bruh, stop trying to make it seem like you just have water. Like, everybody can see that Patrick Mahomes is not top five all-time, bruh. Like, that's not nothing, like, that's going to shake the world. Nobody's going to fight you on that, bruh. Let it go. So, Patrick Mahomes is definitely a, a top five quarterback all times. man. His resume speaks for itself. For me, um, the only players that I can for sure put over him are Tom Brady, of course, Pey- Peyton Manning for me, Joe Montana, those three for sure, but... If, somebody, if someone puts Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes at this point in their career, I wouldn't argue it. I would not argue it. That's that's just me. If someone at this point will put John Elway over Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career, I would not argue it. Now, based on based on his position and where he's going, he's looks like he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. Well, multiple. On top of the one's two already got, and keep climbing that ladder and end up, and end up being the number one guy. But... Like, let's just see it. But project, projection-wise, I would definitely say he's the most – he's he's likely to break a lot more records and win a lot more Super Bowls just based on how he started his first uh, five years in the NFL. It's just insane the things that he has accomplished and what he's doing and the way he's revolutionized the game. And he's just amazing talent, man. I mean, this was, this was technically a rebuilding year for the Chiefs, man. They lost – they had to trade Tyreek Hill because they couldn't pay him – they had three rookies in their secondary. So, this was like a rebuilding year for them, man. And they... and But with Patrick Mahomes at, at the head, and Travis Kelsey out there with them, and they rebuilt their offensive line from from when they let Patrick Mahomes get two apart in the Super Bowl. So, congrats to him, man. I mean, y'all been saying love going Patrick Mahomes away all, all day, and you're going to see it for the rest of the week. So... I'm not gonna make this with Patrick Mahomes love fair. I, I mean I've been Patrick Mahomes boy. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, but he's been a dog to me. He's been that guy to me and um he's definitely a top tier quarterback and he's looking to be like the all time great. Talent wise, I would tell someone this other day, talent wise, he is definitely the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. All the only one that can rival him is as twice as throwing the ball, on the run, off one leg, off the wrong leg, all that type of stuff. Is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a great thrower of the ball, too. But um, I give Patrick the edge, but I'm not giving him the edge. talent wise. Like, intangibles, Patrick got Aaron beat by a mile. Cluster Gene, coming up big in big moments, Patrick got Aaron beat by, by a mile. But talent wise, they're, they're, they're definitely comparable. I mean, I'm not here to say who. I, of course, I think Patrick's better, but like I said, if somebody was to put Aaron Rodgers over him on the all time list right now, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, 100%. I'm not fighting you on that. I'm, I disagree with it, but I'm not fighting you on it. It's not nothing that I, I would go to bat for. It's like, I, if you got Patrick anywhere between three, four, all the way to seven, eight, all-time lists, that's cool for me right now. Like. I don't have a big stake in it to fight for. Like, no, he's top five and nothing else. Or no, he's top three and not. It's not that deep <laughs> for me. Not yet at least. It hasn't got there yet. It's like, yeah, he, he's around there somewhere. He's up there, but I'm I'm not to the point where I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna get on my chest box or soapbox and, and down the hill for Patrick Mahomes being a top three quarterback or a top five quarterback. I'm not I'm not there yet. Cause he he it ranges for me like for me personally like I said three I name guarantee in front of him for me outside of that you can make an argument for three other quarterbacks so that's why I said he's in that range but uh congrats to Patrick Mahomes congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs congratulations to Andy Reed. congratulations to Eric B. Enemy, man they um Eric uh, Andy Reid kept dropping his name after the in postgame interview saying that he drew this game plan up. He made great play carding. So hopefully this leads to him getting a job, man. He's been trying to get one. I'm not sure what the holdup is. Um, there have been rumors that he may go, le- he may leave and go be the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, just kind of widening his resume so people won't think Andy is calling all the calls. So that, that'd be interesting to see. But, um... I hope Airbnb can get a job soon, man. But uh, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs played amazing. On the other side of the ball, the Philadelphia Eagles, they 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 gave a great effort. That last call was a tough call, and it can go either way. I definitely understand the people that say don't you can't call that in that moment because it's so subtle. But then you got the Saints losing to the Rams on the passing defense that wasn't called, and what if the refs said the same thing. I don't want to be the one to decide the game. You know what I'm saying? So it goes both ways. Or when the Saints, again, lost to the uh, Vikings on the push-off in the NFL, or if they would have called that, like that would the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have seen it done both ways. I've seen a, a call in the last moments of the game cause the game to end, and I've seen it not be called, and people complain. So it's like you can't win for losing. So if you make the call, you did what was right, and I, I'm not mad at that. It's tough for a great game that it was to go out like that. But, it, I mean, we had a great game, though, y'all. We got to understand we had a great game, a great Super Bowl. wasn't a blowout. And um, we just got to appreciate that. So, shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, somebody today asked me, um, where do I have Jalen Hurts as far as quarterback tiers? I would say Jalen Hurts, for me, the top, the number one guy, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. He's the number one guy. Um, Jalen Hurts for me, so below Patrick would be Joe Burrow. Like, this is just a group. I'm not ranking anyone. Like, Patrick's number one, clearly. And below that, the next group, tier two guys, would be Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, quarterbacks like that. Um, not Aaron Rodgers anymore, but uh, quarterbacks like that. And I think Jalen Hurts. He he's bottom tier. He's bottom tier two, top tier three quarterback. Like he's around that range. Like if you got him at the bottom of tier two, I can agree with that. If you got him at the number one guy in tier two, three, I can agree with that. Like tier three is like Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, um, Matt, like Matt Ryan when he was good. Like that's to me, that's tier three. Like that's so I got Jalen bottom tier two borderline top tier three if that makes sense so for the person that asked me that that was a good question uh, somebody asked me that this morning actually so that's what i got Jalen. at but yeah congrats to kansas city chiefs looking ahead kansas city are their favorite to win the super bowl next year i think that um the, the basic odds so right now kansas city is favorite, followed by um 49ers they also have the bills up there and they also have the eagles we're gonna see this. The one thing about the NFL, bro. The NFL flips more so than any sport. One season, you can be a quarter. You can be a s- playoff team, and the next season, you could be a top five pick. Like you could be a you could be a suck team, and next season, be in the playoffs. So the NFL flips so quick, bro. Like one team, one year, some team could be sorry as hell, then the next year, they could be in the playoffs. Like that happens all the time in NFL. Literally all the time, all the time. So. Like my Texans, we've been sucked these last two years, but guess what? We're making the playoffs next year. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to them. Shout out to the Eagles. Great game, hard fought game, tough way to go out. They had a, they have a talented, talented, talented ass team. You just got one up by one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you can't be mad at that. I mean, you can't be mad, but you got to take that on your chin. Um, offseason moves. So I, I spoke about Lamar Jackson already. Um, he doesn't have a contract yet and he didn't play the, the, end, the, the remainder of the season once he went out with his knee injury. So now people are speculating that he may be leaving the Baltimore Ravens. Great landing spot for Lamar. Shout out to Xavier, um, one of my NABJ friends. And he has been preaching or saying Lamar's going to Miami for about a year now. I give him that. So if it does happen, he was way ahead of the guy. I usually call myself the prophet, but I would, I would lend the prophet title to Xavier for that day. If Lamar Jackson actually does go to Miami, because he has been saying this for about a year now. Um, I don't see it. I wouldn't be mad at it for me. The place I would like Lamar to go to is, is Atlanta. That would be the ideal spot for me. A couple of reasons. I think Atlanta is a sleeping giant when it comes to like notoriety. Like, when I made my sleeping giant, like it's a good, it's a good spot, a good city, and you can really just go there and just wake up, like, you can blow up there. Like, USC, Lincoln Riley. USC was a sleeping giant, and Lincoln went there and woke it up. And now look at it. He's getting all this notoriety. he's getting all this talent, he's getting all this. That's what I mean by like, like the New York Knicks are a sleeping giant. Like if the right player at the right time go there, they'll blow up. And I feel the same thing about, Lamar's already blown up, but I feel the same thing like his brand goes to a different level if he was to go to Atlanta and play for the Atlanta Falcons and be the quarterback there. And on top of that, the NFC is wide open when it comes to quarterbacks, man. If we're being honest, Jalen Hurts may be the best quarterback in the NFC. And I just say he's a, he's a, what, tier two, bottom tier two quarterback. I mean, you may have him higher, but I can't see him no more, no more than that. And that's where the top, Ten, barely a top ten quarterback, and then what's the what's the next best quarterback in the NFC? Dak Prescott, you know what I'm saying? So far as quarterback wise, the NFC is wide open. So if like like if some of those guys from the AFC decide to go up to the NFC and be the league guy over there, they can really take over because Aaron Rodgers don't know what's going to happen with him, and Tom Brady was higher. So and Russell was out there, but now he's in the AFC now. He didn't look that good this year anyway. So. And, the, like, the NFC guys used to be, like, Aaron Rodgers, Russ, Drew Brees, and uh, Cam Newton. But now all those guys are pretty much gone, done, or retired or not in the NFC no more. So, we're going to see. That I think the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons be a good fit for Lamar, though. They got some good talent there and all that. All right, so after that, I just spoke about it. Aaron Rodgers maybe leaving the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the good spot for him, I would say, is... Um, the New York Jets. That's that's an ideal landing spot, and I'm not breaking any news because this is it's a storyline art already saying that the New York Jets are trying to get him. So I think the Jets will be a nice spot. They got talent. They're a talented team. They did some good drafting. They signed some good players. They got a good coach. here, a defensive coach, so he's going to need an offensive guy over there to help him get things right on the offensive side. But they they got some good things over there, and I think I think the Jets will be a good spot. The only thing I can say, the only thing about it is. The AFC is so deep, bro. As far as quarterback wise, and like the NFC is like so weak quarterback wise. They got some good talented teams. In like fact, the Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia Eagles have amazing talent, and the 49ers have amazing talent like all over the all over their team, amazing talent. It's just that they all these teams lack a lead top top tier quarterback, and, and and that's why I think But that's why I think Aaron Ross should stay in the NFC. But I think a good landing spot with him would be the New York Chess. And the Packers probably don't want to trade him within the NFC anyway. So, also, Sean Payton, he got traded from the NFC again, (laughs) losing more talent, to the AFC to go coach Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I think it's a good move. Um, Russ, you got to come up and show up, man, and show us what you're all about because you had a lot of hype. Shannon Sharp from Undisputed. I don't know if anyone watched uh, Shannon Sharp on Undisputed on FS1 with Skip Bayless. He said some interesting thing about how Russ is a prima donna, how he has his own office, how he has multiple parking spots at the different stadium, and it's rubbing players the wrong way. And uh, I take that as a credible source, seeing that. Shannon baker's career in denver so he knows some people over there that he talked to and he said that with some authority like he know what he's talking about so russ kind of i mean i know you are big shout out to lawrence for the stay at home dad tagline because that's a, that was a perfect tagline for him and i know you are big at building your brand and being a celebrity now but as lebron says well look we're well, actually pat riley lebron sold from pat Riley. as pat riley said keep the main thing the main thing. It's okay to have all these ventures and all this other stuff going on in your career, but always keep the main thing the main thing, Russ. And the main thing for you is being a quarterback. So not let's not backslide. Let's not get too full of yourself. Not, let's not get an ego. And, you know what I'm saying? Go go play and prove yourself. Because this was an underperforming season. A lot of people expected a lot for you. People were saying that they were dropping you on the Denver Broncos. Kind of like how they dropped Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos. And you are about to take off like him. My full of self took you to be my preseason MVP. I drafted you on my fantasy team. and You suck. <laughs> I'm not taking it person. I'm just saying. Like, God dang, man. So, keep the main thing, the main thing, man. And go do your thing with the... Denver Broncos, now that you got Sean Payton, let's hopefully you have a better year. You got a lot of good um, office and talent over there, and hopefully it works out for you now that you have a Super Bowl winning head coach named Sean Payton. All right, so moving on to the next topic is going to be – oh, before I go, before I move off NFL, I know I went on this tangent for about 15 minutes by NFL – I want to say shout-out to my Texans, man. I just said we're going to make the playoffs next year. We got the number two pick. we probably going to end up with Bryce Young. I'm not a big fan of Bryce Young. I'm going to let that be known now. And I want people to know, just because a player plays for my favorite team doesn't mean I like that player. When James Harden first got to the Rockets, I was not a fan of James Harden because James Harden was a poor leader. He grew over time to become a better leader, but when he first got there, I didn't like the antics and things he said to the media kind of rubbed me the wrong way and it took me a little minute to kind of come over to the James Harden side and now I'm a James Harden stand Jalen Green plays for my Houston Rockets I'm not a fan of Jalen Green at this moment I'm I'm kind of liking him a bit more but uh, as of right now he does he's not the guy that I would like the Houston Rockets to build around so we're gonna see what he can do going forward but as of now I'm not the biggest fan of Jalen Green just as his play on the court all this stuff off like people get Personal and talk about how players are off the court and how they are as a person. I don't really get into that. I'm only here to criticize what you do on the court. Now, if your personal life bleeds over to your on the court business, and that's one thing. But I'm not here to dissect a player's life and say he's a good guy, he's a bad guy, or to say, he, to say he's an asshole or anything like that. Like I'm not here to to do that. So I'm just here to talk about what you do on the court. I had a big debate with one of my uh, other NBAJ friend, NABJ friend, friends, Lawrence. And he, he was saying pretty much that if a player is getting paid, like the conversation started with Russ, and we will get to the, all this like, in a minute once I switch over to the NBA side. But the conversation started with Russ, and he was just saying, if a player is getting paid $40 million, people should be able to say whatever the hell they want to say about it. And it stemmed from Russell Westbrook's wife, Nina Westbrook, came out and said she all she's always having to defend People were talking bad about her husband's name in the media and her son, all that kids going to school and re- repeating the things that the people saying to media to their kids. One guy, um, David McMenamins, called Russ a vampire, and she said now I have to explain to my kids that their son's not a vampire. If somebody say it at school, don't take offense to it. And Lawrence' stance was, if he's making forty million dollars a year, he should be. They should be able to say whatever he want about him. Pretty much like. Who cares what they say about you? Play better, they won't say that about you. My stance is, I don't care if you the sorriest sack of potatoes on the court, or if you're making a hundred million dollars on a year, you. Nobody in the media or nobody peer should be able to say anything about anybody especially when you're taking taking personal shots at somebody. It's a line that we have to draw and I feel like crossing the line, when you you cross the line, when you talk bad about somebody's name you start putting uh, allegations on their name, talking about them as a person when you don't have any proof, you're saying what you feel. I think that's wrong. Just because you had a bad encounter with said player don't mean, he, don't mean he's an asshole. He probably just don't fool with you because he knows how you are as a person. But nobody's out here throwing any dirty lines you're these reporters or these media members of these fans. Imagine if people was to throw dirt on your name and talk about you as a person and say how you do this. Like, I I just, I think that's, we got to draw the line at some point. And for me, that's the, that's the line that's drawn in the sand that we can't just talk bad about players off the court. And talk about their personal lives and stuff like that, and calling them names in the media like vampire or leech or things like that. Westbrook, like things like that. It may sound cool, it may sound funny, but I don't. I don't I'm not a fan of it. So, back to my Houston Texans. Um, we may draft Bryce Young, and I'm not the biggest fan of Bryce Young mainly because of his size. But we're going to be stuck with him at the end of the day because that's who the Texans are going to draft. I mean, I would prefer Bryce over Will Levy. I do not want them to draft Will at all. If they draft Will, I'm really going to consider entering the transfer portal and finding me a new team. I'm not even joking. So if they draft Will, I'm going to really consider that uh, because it's that I, I'm going to be done at that moment. But we got a new coach. Shout-out to Coach Ryan, Demico Ryan, former linebacker from the Houston, for the Houston Texans. Great, great player. And, and even better defensive coordinator not now head coach. And we're going to see how he is as head coach. So shout-out to him. He's going to help turn our Texans around um, and see what quarterback we can get. I mean, maybe Bryce and maybe CJ and maybe Will. I hope it's not Will. But I really want Caleb Williams. Coming into the season, I asked my sports group, I'm mean, shout them out right now. I just mentioned to them Lawrence, X, D- uh, and Dev, and shout out to Meg too. But, but Meg, 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 not including this, so she's not she's not getting no smoke. So it's, it's Meg, she's avoiding the smoke right now. But preferably these two, Dev and Lawrence. I came into I'm not a big college football watcher. While well, I used to be when I was younger, I kind of fell off. But this season I was locked in. This was one of the first seasons I was locked in in a minute. So I said before the season, who's the quarterback that my team should want out of college right now, regardless of who's eligible, just who should we want? Dave and Lawrence both said, Bryce, Young. I said, I bet. I'm going to lean on the experts. I don't know everything. I'm going to lean on y'all, too. Y'all big college football watchers, so I'm going to believe y'all. But like I said, I actually tapped into college football this year because I was excited for the season. And what I found out was Caleb Williams, is the best quarterback in college football. Caleb Williams is a future superstar quarterback in the NFL. Caleb Williams is who the Houston Texans should have on our roster next season. Caleb Williams is that guy. But I listened to my friends, Deb and Law, and they said Bryce Young was the best quarterback in college regardless of class. And I'm here to say I disagree with that. So before the season, when they said Bryce, I was like bet. I'm riding with Bryce. Bryce, tank for Bryce. I want Bryce. Give me Bryce. Because I'm I'm leaning on these guys. But actually, when I actually watch the film, watch the game, seen the, the performances, Caleb Williams is head and shoulders above Bryce Bryce Young. But I'm pretty sure we're gonna still take Bryce Young this season, and I'm gonna get behind Bryce and hopefully he can end up being that guy for us. But the guy I really want is next year, Caleb Williams. He is a future superstar quarterback and whoever gets him is going to be a lucky lucky franchise kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars getting Trevor Sunshine Lawrence lucky lucky the prince that was promised so let's move into some NBA talk man NBA all-star game the rosters were selected let's go through the roster r- real fast if you don't know yet of course Giannis Thompson is the captain of the Eastern Conference starters and on his team here Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant Who's not going to play, sadly? Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, and Pascal Siakam. So those are the guys that were selected before any injury reserves were picked. And on the Western side, we got LeBron James, Luca, Lauren Marketing, John Moran, Nicola Jokic, Steph, Zion, and. Anthony Edwards, Darren Fox, shout out D. Fox, Paul George, SGA, Jalen Jackson Jr., uh, Damian Litter, and Sabonis. Sabonis is a baller, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just quickly, when um, when Sabonis was traded for Tyrese Hatterberg, people were just like, "Oh my God, the Kings are so stupid. How could they trade Tyrese for Sabonis?" The, the Pacers stole them. yada yada, yada. and Tyree started the season out on fire. And my thing for people, have y'all not seen Sabonis play? Have y'all not seen Sabonis play? That boy is a dog. Like, real. Like, Sabonis is a ball. He's like a baby um, Nikola Jokic. Like, he's like a, a poor man. Not even a poor man. He's like, a step below Nikola Jokic. Like, he can ball. Like, so to say, they got Fleece i given up Tyrese Hatterberg before Sabonis so is crazy to me because Sabonis is a baller, bruh. Like, that's that wasn't a bad trade for me. I think that was a good trade. I mean, it was crazy they traded Tyrese, yes, but they got Fox. And speaking of Fox, a lot shout-out to you for, for saying you the all-star game expert and telling me there's no way De'Aaron Fox is going to make the all-star team. It seems like De'Aaron Fox made the all-star team. What you got to say about that? It seems like De'Aaron Fox made the all-star team. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, 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 my prediction before the season was De'Aaron Fox would be All Star this year, and I was laughed at, ridiculed, talked about, and said I ain't know what I was talking about. But it seems like De'Aaron Fox made the All Star team, so who's laughing now? So that's the rosters. Um, one player that i feel like was left out that i feel like should have got in was jalen burnson he's balling for the new york knicks they got they got a stud in him he's not a superstar player he's not nobody i'm gonna put i'm gonna put all my eggs in his, bag, his basket and expect him to lead me to the promised land but he is a baller man i like jalen and I, I didn't expect this from him i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be honest i did not expect this from him but he's definitely a baller um him playing like that can can attract more talent to New York. One player in particular, I think, will be a good fit in New York is uh, Zach Levine. He will be, like I said, New York is sleeping shine. They just think the right player to come work it up. Zach Levine, not a superstar t- player, but he's definitely a talented player who could go there and do great things. So I would like to see Zach Levine in New York with Jason Tatum. And people, people, people gonna be like, Would you trade RJ Barrett for Zach Levine, bruh? Hell yes, man. One time I said, one time I said I wanted some player. It was like a superstar player, and they was like, "Well, if you want him on the Rockets, would you trade K Kevin Porter Jr. for him?" I said, "Bro, yes." Like I don't, sometimes, I don't, sometimes I don't think people understand levels when it comes to NBA players. It's certain levels that certain players are on, and certain players are not. So let's talk about it. I'm going to play a, player, I'm a J.J. with clip of him breaking it down perfectly. Then I'm going to talk about it. There are tiers to players in the NBA. And there's the superstars. There's Tatum and Giannis and Luca and Steph and Braun. And, and then there's the all-NBA tier. Kind of in the same realm as the all-star tier. And then there's... The, a significant group of players below that who are really freaking fantastic basketball players. And there's a lot of them. And then when they're in the right situation with the right confidence on the right team, they really can shine. And so as you heard, JJ it's levels to this. So top tier level players, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Luca, Steph Curry, like those are top-tier NBA players, right? Top-tier. Kawhi Leonard before he got injured. Top-tier NBA players To go back in history. Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowinski, like those are top-tier NBA players. So that those players are typically MVPs. In all NBA every year and they all star every year. They all NBA all-star. They are all NBA players. They all star players. And they in the MVP conversation every year. Speaking of MVP conversation, shout out to LD. I'm dropping, I'm dropping <laughs> everybody this episode. Shout out to LD, man. LD, I said before this season that James Harden was going to have an MVP type season. LD put in the group chat that out that he said I'm suffering from CTE for saying that. Now NBA released their MVP ladder, and guess who's on the MVP ladder at number seven? James fucking Harden. So who got CTE now, LT? Who got CTE now? <laughs> like, come on, bro. People love saying, people love talking about my takes, but then when they be right, they ghost, ghost town. They don't want to talk no more. I said before the season, James Harden have an MVP top season, and what what is he right now? Number seven in the MVP top, in the MVP race. Now I'm not saying he's gonna win it. I'm not even saying he gonna finish it. I just said he was gonna be in the conversation. And then LD was like, well, if seven's not even in the conversation, I said, bruh, it's five hundred dudes going in and out of the NBA every year. Every year. To be in the top ten, top seven of the five, I mean five hundred guys going out the season, every going out the league every year, that's in the conversation. Ain't like he ranked number Uh, Honey, and I'm talking about he in the conversation. He ranked number seven in the MVP conversation from NBA official website. So he's definitely in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win it. I never said he was going to win it. And he's not going to be a finalist. I just said he's going to be in the conversation. And being number seven out of 500 dudes is definitely in the conversation. So shout out to LD for saying I was on CTE for being right. (laughs) I'm name dropping this episode, man. Y'all heard the intro. Hit him up. So... Back to what I was saying. um, It's levels, man. MVP, All-NBA, All-Star. That's a level. That's a tier. Like, franchise player. That's a tier. So, below that, it's another level. And this level can be confused for a Tier 2 player, but it's not. I mean, a Tier 1 player, but it's not. You got to look closely. So, players like Paul George. Players like Kyrie Irving. Players like Zach Levine. Like, players like that. Like... Probably not Zach Levine, but Kyrie, Paul George, like players like that. These players are nice players, can be franchise players for said organization. Donovan Mitchell, another one, can be franchise players for other organizations. Every now and then, be in the MVP conversation, and every now and then, get an All-NBA, and most times, they're going to be All-Stars. These players, I consider All-NBA-type players. They might be in the MVP conversation, but it's, it's likely they won't never get one. To me, Ja Moran is in this level. It's tier. People go going to say I'm talking crazy, but I've been right about Ja since I said he was overrated from the beginning. So, tier two are they in the MVP conversation. They may not win the MVP. It's a good chance they won't. Like, I don't think Ja Moran will ever win the MVP. Like, Damian Lillard, I think he's in that tier. Like, Chris Paul for most of his career. I think he's in that tier. Like, Kyrie Irving, like I said, like Paul George, like these are like tier two players. They not that, they not that, Jason Tatum is another one. Like they not in that tier where they are automatically known as a top tier player, but they right below it and they can hold their own and they can play on. Like Camilo Anthony's in that tier when in his prime. Like they can hold their own and they can, they can be, they can be all NBA, but sometimes people may think they tier one, but they not tier one. I consider this tier the all NBA tier. Like you're not, you're not gonna never be in the conversation for MVP. Well, you're not gonna ever win MVP. You might, you may every now and then be in the conversation, like Jaw was, like Dame was a few times, like Chris Paul was. But you're never gonna win an MVP. But you're gonna be in the conversation. But you guaranteed to be all NBA. This is the all NBA tier. So a tier below that is the All Star tier. These are players that won't be all NBA players, and if they do, it's gonna be two second or third team. Every once in a while. But they're guaranteed to get an all-star spot. Players like, right now, I just spoke about them. Tyrese Hatterberg. Players like that. So, players like that, they, they're going to be all-stars. They're going to look good. they not, the, like Jalen Brown. Like, players like that. They're going to look good. They're going to be all-stars. They're not, they're going to be all-NBA every now and then, second and third team at most. Third, I really want to say just third team at most because I don't see them getting past that. But, um... But yeah, they're going to be they're going to be, be damn, damn good all-stars. I, and I said I said Demar DeRozan too early. He's not tier 2. Demar DeRozan is tier 3. That's why I had to take that statement back. He's tier 3. So players like that like they those are like all-star level players and now these players can also be on their own team and play out and ball. But that team has a ceiling. That team has a ceiling on how far it can go. So, a tier below that, and I'm almost done. Like I said, JJ gets broken down perfectly. I just want to add to it. A tier below that is they're not all-star level players, but they starters in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? They, they can they can start for a team and hold their own in that spot and be a good starter for a team. And then they're they, they not all-star. They can look like all-stars next to a superstar but they really just a good, nice, rotational piece player that can ball out. But if you put them, like Mo Williams, put Mo Williams next to LeBron James, he's an all-star. But Mo Williams is really not an all-star type player. But next to LeBron James, he looks like an all-star. You know what I'm saying? To me, Chris Milton is like that. He's, he's been looking like an all-star next to Giannis. But to me, he's not really an all-star. Like, he just plays on a good team. He's the second-best player on a really good team. But he's a solid, solid, solid player. Starter in the NBA and he can hold his own and he can do his thing and he can look good. But to me, those are not like all-star level players. And then, tip below that is wrote is rotational piece, role players, and players. And in- and right below that is players that don't get then this bench warmers don't even get in. So there's tiers to it. So when I say it's levels to this, like that's what I mean by when I be like, bro, it's levels. Like when when somebody be like, would I trade KG, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. for De'Aaron Fox? I'd be like, yeah, because Darren Fox is an all-star level player. And Kevin Porter Jr. is barely a starter in the NBA. I think he's better served as six man, if we're being honest. So, sometimes I feel like when people be like they wouldn't trade said player for said player, I'd be like, bro, like, do you understand levels? Like, I would trade him in a heartbeat. So, like, if somebody asked me would I trade R.J. Barrett for Zach Levine in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I would trade RJ for Zach Levine. Like I feel like sometimes people hold on to potential too much for players st- instead of just accepting for what they for accepting them for what they are. It, it was one point when the Lakers had uh, THT, and it was a trade out there to get like it was like Kyle Lowry or something, and they were just like, "No, we don't want to move him." Yada yada yada. He's he's too valuable for us. His potential is too good for us. They you know, trading that that dude for Patrick Beverly, boy. And they they didn't have Patrick Beverly on their team for more than a for a, for a year, so it's like y'all thought y'all really thought that guy was gonna be that guy for y'all. So y'all didn't trade him for a proven star, and now y'all end up trading that same same player for Patrick Beverly. It's like what are we doing? Like like um, like what are we doing? Like be for real, what are we doing? So, but just to move on, man. Um, Cause we got a few more things to talk about. I'm, I'm going go to close out. So NBA moves that's going on, man. Kyrie went to Dallas playing with Luka. Luka, I have been saying this for a while, about two years now, that Luka is the younger, white, Slovenian version of James Harden. Playing styles are exactly the same. People get mad when I say that because people don't like James Harden. As you can see, LD hate James Harden. But I to say a player plays like a player that won MVP in the league, that been in the MVP conversation as a top three finalist, runner-up twice, led his team to the playoff multiple times, like five, was seven years straight, made it to the Western Conference Finals with no other superstar on his team. And he made it there with a superstar on his team, but I'm saying with no other star on his team made it to the Western Conference Finals. And for, for me to compare that player to another player – and people think that's disrespectful, I find it insane. Like, when I said John Moran was overhyped, and I said his, his ceiling for his career is Damian Litter, and people got mad. I was like, bro, have you seen Damian Litter play? Like, to say a player is going to be, his ceiling is going to be like Damian Litter, that's not a bad thing. game is a baller. Now, if you think if you think the player, like, I said John Morant is going to, I said he's overhyped, and I said his ceiling is going to be Dame. If you think Dame's, if you think John Moran's gonna be Steph Curry level, then yes, I disrespected him. If you think he's good enough to be Steph Curry level, then yes, I did disrespect him by by saying his level is Dame. But I don't think he's Steph Curry level. Now, if you think that, that's on you. Now, let me get off. Now, (laughs) let me not get off topic. But yeah, but yeah, I compared Luca to James Harden, and people got thought that was disrespectful. I don't know how. I'm talking about a lead MVP. I don't know how. But they playing styles are so much similar, and James Harden got so much hate, and I feel like people just talk about Luca with kid gloves. I honestly don't know if it's a James Harden thing or if it's a Luca thing, because he's a he's a UMP player. I honestly don't know the difference between the two. Why why Luca don't get that much slander? But James Harden catches every day, and they literally play the exact same way, and they the results on the court are exact same. And James Harden was a a lead MVP, and people been saying Luca gonna be a lead MVP for the last three years, and he ain't sniffed the MVP. And I meant just not me to talk about talk down on Luca. I used to understand why what's the difference between the slanting of the two. That's all I'm saying. So, Kyrie's going to play with Luka in Dallas. The thing about it is, my, for Luka, I always was trying to figure out his playing style is so hard because he's bar dominant. So, it's hard to play with him, and he doesn't move well without the bar. Same as James Harden. And for James Harden, the best running mate he ever had was Chris Paul. They tried a lot of different options, but the best one he ended up having was Chris Paul. So, I'm... Kyrie doesn't play like Chris Paul playing style wise. He's more of a score. Chris Paul's more of a facilitator get everybody involved, get everybody set up. So it's interesting to see how they will look together. Cause both of them seem like they a go get it type of player. Not let's get everybody involved type players, but we will see how they look. This may not be the year they actually do any good, but next year is going to be the year to see how they actually kind of figure out together. And also if, um, Kyrie even stays in Dallas because he's, he's a free agent now and um, they can't sign him to extension or they can sign him to extension but not the one he won't. They can only give him two years max right now but Kyrie's looking for three years I don't know, four years. That's why he got out of Brooklyn. KD traded to the Phoenix Suns. I think this is a really good trade. Um, the, 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 the visual fit is odd. The CKD in the Phoenix Suns is odd. Like the visual of it is odd, uh, but the fit on the court is is amazing. To have KD, to have LeBron, not, to have KD, to have Devin Booker, to have Aiden, to have Chris Paul, I feel like that's a uh, that's a good fit, and I I like it. I mean, I like Chris Paul's at the telltale in his career. So I don't know how much he has left, but hopefully he can muster up some type of greatness that he got left in him, and still help lead that team and be that emotional leader on the court leader for them. Because KD's definitely not that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how things go with Kevin Durant and Phoenix. I used to live in Phoenix, man. So, should I to talk all my Phoenix Suns friends and fans? And uh, But, yeah, KD, KD and Kyrie both left Brooklyn, and now they both are not, And I, I'm not here to get on my James Harden soapbox. I'm really not. But it's just so funny how... James Harden told y'all Brooklyn was toxic and he got out of there. But he was labeled a quitter. He quit on the team. He's a quitter. Should no team want him? He's a quitter. He's out of shape. He yada, yada, yada. KD and Kyrie both wanted out of Brooklyn and I ain't heard the word quitter yet. Now I'm just asking what's the difference? Because Harden's penalized because he realized it was a toxic situation and got out of there faster. He's the quitter, but KD and, and Kyrie and Kyrie both wanted out of there and got out of there. And I haven't heard the word quitter yet. That's just funny to me. It's just all funny to me. I it just it's just a James Harden hate train. And like I said, James Harden not my favorite player in the NBA right now. My favorite player would be until he retired. Even though he doesn't play for a team, will always be um, Camilla Anthony. And my favorite player all time is Allen Robinson. James Harden's—he's in my. It's my favorite. As far as my favorite players all time, he's in, somewhere up there. But I just like to point out biases in sports and like to hold people accountable. That's that's the only that's the only reason I do things like that. I like to point out biases and look people in the face and be like, "Why did you do that for him but not him? Why did you say that about her but not?" my not her. It's just funny to me. And the last big trade that happened on Trade Deadline was the new the New York the new look Los Angeles Lakers. They got D back. They got um Malik Beasley and they got some. They got some. Uh, they got some. Jared. They got some good good pieces. I like the new look Lakers. Um, hopefully, they can pull it together and make a playoff push. It's not looking good now, especially that LeBron went down. And shout out to LeBron for breaking the record, man. I should have lived with that with the Super Bowl, honestly. But shout out to LeBron breaking the record, man. He's great. He's the GOAT. He's the undisputed GOAT forever and ever, man. It's funny that. It's funny that when LeBron won the ring in 2016, and after that, LeBron. Michael Jordan put in the motion to make the, uh, his, the production of the last dance documentary. He was like, All right, it's time to pull the tape, go ahead and drop the doc. That's Mike told him. And now that LeBron passed Kareem, a hard time going, it's a Michael Jordan movie coming out. So it's like, Michael Jordan, <laughs> it's just funny to me. He's like he keeps trying to one up LeBron and stay relevant. Like when he beat Golden State, he was like, All right, we need to doc, drop the doc. And now, that Le- LeBron past Kareem, he got a movie coming out about his greatness. Like, it's just funny. Like, Michael Jordan going to make sure he stay, stay, know, in the in thick, thicker things when it comes to the goat debate. But shout out to LeBron, man. He the greatest of all time. He might go, he the Undisputed Goat. He's, he's a phenomenal, great player on and off the court. And he's going to live on to be, he's going to be remembered, remembered after the Undisputed Goat by everybody. Eventually. Shout out to LeBron, man. All right. So, then, moving to our last topic of the day, we're going to do some WNBA news. So, shout out to my man, Faze. So, Faze, me, me, me and Faze, he's my high school friend. Uh, we knew each other since 10th grade, I believe. I moved to Arizona in 10th grade. I think I met Faze right after that, or 11th grade. I, I can't remember exactly when, but around that time. Around the time, I was 15, 16. So, we've been friends since then. So, we've been friends for a very, very, very long time. And uh, over 10 years, if I met him when I was 15. Um, so, we always talk WM. We always talk sports. Period. Faze is one of the phase is one of my favorite people to talk sports with. I would say that because he 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 always gives me a good debate. Some people that I be some people I don't even debate with because it'd be like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not about to waste my 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 excellent view takes on you because you are just gonna waste my time. But Faze is one of those guys. I don't mind getting into a sports debate with at any time because he he holds his own and I respect that. But we always have sports conversations. And one of the big things that we always talk about is WNBA. Um, Everybody know. I mean, if you don't know, I've been a fan of Candace Parker. She's the reason I became a big... Well, I'm going to say Lisa Leslie was the reason I initially started watching um, WNBA. But Candace Parker was the really big reason I kind of hooked on to the WNBA. And women's... women's, NCAA women's basketball. So... Brianna Stewart, Jockwell Jones, they're about to join, or they have joined, Sabrina in New York. Now, before the season even ended, before the season, midway through the the WNBA season, midway through the WNBA season, I told you all, I said, Brianna is going to leave Seattle and join Sabrina in New York. I said that way back then, way back then, and it happened. Sabrina is a baller. She's a bucket getter. Now she got whooped in the in the playoffs. She she barely squeaked into the playoffs, and when she did squeak, squeak into the playoffs, she got beat in the first round by the Chicago Sky. They beat them two to two to one. So at least got one. I think I remember that series. the The New York Liberty won game one, if I'm not mistaken, and then the Chicago went on to beat them two times in a row. But uh, Sabrina's a bucket. She's a baller. She's a star. Like she was a star in college. But she just got two of the most talented players in the WNBA. No cap. Like outside of Aja Wilson, Joaquir Jones and Brianna Stewart are the two most talented. They 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 all all three of them are top three. Between Aja, Joaquil Jones. And Brianna. I think Brianna's... I think Brianna's number one. I like Brianna's game. Hey, if you got Aja number one, I'm not mad at it. She's the MVP, won the championship, all that. So, I'm not mad at it. She, she. If you want to say she took that title, fine. I'm I'm 100% fine with that. But I like Brianna's game more. But Aja, I, I love Aja's game. I love the way you, where she approached the game and all that. I'm not a big fan of Jonquois Jones' game. But she's a baller, too. But Sabrina's a bucket. So... Sabrina, Brianna, Stewart, and Jacqueline Jones are all going to team up in New York to form a super team on the Eastern Conference. Well, not the Eastern Conference, but on the East Coast. Candace joined the defending champs, the Las Vegas Aces. Now, they got a squad, too. Kelsey Plum, a bucket. Too. You're talking about somebody that was a bucket in college. She was a bucket in college. I'm talking about she was filling the, the gyms up. It took a little minute to get going in the WNBA, but she once she got going, she got going, bro. So Kelsey, Asia, and the rest of the squad—I mean, they got a deep squad in in uh, Las Vegas—and now they bring it in my goat, Candace Parker. Like I said, I've been watching south since 05. She's my goat, and if she get another ring, she will, she could will be y'all' goat too. <laughs> Candace is my girl, man. I, I, I always been a fan, so and now they form their own super team. On the Western Conference. Why not Western Conference, but on the West Coast. So we got a super team on the East Coast, super team on the West Coast. That is amazing to see in the WNBA. My my dream scenario is both teams have great seasons, and they both end up as a number one and number two seed in the playoffs. So they opposite size brackets. So when the playoffs roll around, they can only meet in the WNBA Finals. That's my dream scenario. That's what I want to see, and I want to see them battle it out for the, the Supreme Super Team. That's what I want to see between those two. So, Shout-out to, shout to Brianna. Shout-out to Stewie, man. Shout-out to Jaquale. Shout-out to Sabrina. Like, that's going to be an amazing squad. They just got to get some complimentary pieces around them. Hopefully, their coach that they have over there is ready for what's to come. And um, I think the Vegas Las, Vegas Las Vegas Aces got the best coach in the WNBA. Um, but we're going to see. Candace, oh, I know you got a few f- few, few good ones. Like, I was hoping you could repeat. You got knocked out by the K- Connecticut Suns last year. Um, and it came all the way down to a game five. Like, y'all played tough. It's just that y'all lost their last game. And Connecticut went on to get smoked by the Aces in and the, and the WNBA Finals. But... Say I'm looking forward to the WNBA season this year, man. As always, it's going to be a great year. If you're not a WNBA fan, I don't watch it. I'm not one of those ones to jam it out. Somebody throwing, it. "Like you gotta watch it." What's wrong with you? Like I seen once, I seen once on Twitter. Somebody said, uh, "Dang, now that, now that the NBA season is over, I don't have. It's going to be no basketball to next year." And I seen a girl on Twitter get so pissed off at that. I understand her frustration, but she got like, what do you mean there's no basketball to watch? You need to be watching the WNBA. What's wrong with you? See, we I don't, y'all never support your own people. And I was just like, bruh. Like, I'm not screaming like that, and I'm not mad at her for that, because I understand they do get disrespected. But I watch the WNBA. I would encourage anyone to watch it because these girls are talented and they be putting up buckets. I'm talking about talented as hell. And I think it's entertaining at the end of the day. But I'm not want to make somebody be like, make them feel guilty for not watching. You know, that's just me. Well, that's going to be it for me, man. Thank y'all for locking in with me, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. This episode went a little under hour. I know I had a lot to talk about, and I still got way more to talk about. But I was glad I was able to get this episode in, man. Thank y'all for listening. I appreciate all the love. Appreciate all the support. Um, I'm going to give y'all a recap of my predictions for the NFL season since now the season is over. Uh, My MVP, I had my top three was Hurst, Josh Allen, my homeboy, and all three of them got MVP votes. So, I I feel accomplished with that. For Defensive Player of the Year, my picks were uh, Michael Parsons, Von Miller, and Nick Bosa. So, I got one correct. Michael didn't get any votes. Von got hurt, so of course he didn't get any votes, but Nick won. So, I guess. And for Comeback Player, my, my picks were Saquon, Geno Smith, and Christian McCaffrey. So again, I did pretty well with that. That was for NFL. Now, in, so NBA, my final predictions are. Now we almost halfway through the season. My final predictions before the season were Philly versus Celtics. I feel pretty good about my Philly pick. The way Joel has been playing and James Harden. James Harden, not the James Harden he once was when he was in Houston, of course. But he's still a he's still speaking of levels. He's not he's not the all NBA MVP level James Harden no more. He used to be that, but he's not that anymore. And honestly, he's not even the all NBA James Harden no more to me. He's more so all star level James Harden. And that that's a big drop off for a player of his status. But if he can tap into that all NBA type James Harden that which they need, then he could be that he can definitely help them get to the NBA finals. And the Clippers side, uh, I'm sticking with the Clippers. I may so sort of, I'm I may I mainly picked them because Kawhi was coming back off injury. George was coming back, back, back off injury. And they have a stacked roster, and Tyler the was their coach. And they just picked up a lot of good pieces. They pick up, e.g., Eric Gordon, my man Eric Gordon. And they're they supposed to pick up some more players, man. So we're we'll going to see how they look. But I'm going to stick with I mean, since I made a prediction, I'm going to stick with the prediction. Now, That's me. I stand on mine. Um, I would say this the Clippers are giving me the most. I'm most nervous about that pick than I am. I'm more nervous about the Clippers pick than I am about these the 76ers pick. Because the Clippers just watching them in these last couple of games, it's like down the stretch. For whatever reason, man, Paul Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have not been clutch. And Paul and Kawhi used to be pretty clutch. Like Paul George is never that clutch of a player. But Kawhi was pretty clutch, man. And these like the game he played against Jonathan DeCumpo, and Giannis just, like, took their soul, bruh. And it's like they couldn't hit nothing down the stretch. It's like Giannis took the game over and they just couldn't do anything about it. You know? And it was one point when Kawhi Leonard was locking Giannis up. It's like Giannis, either Giannis elevated so much further than both of them or both of them are kind of declining. Or it could be both. You know? It could be both. So, I'm going to stick with my Clippers versus... 76ers pick. Like I said, I'm more nervous about the Clippers pick than I am the 76ers pick. But I'm not going to jump, jump ship. For MVP, I had Joel Embiid and Luka. Um, defensive player of the year, I had Anthony Davis. It's looking like Jaron Jackson Jr. go get that, so I was wrong about that. And rookie of the year, I had Jabari Smith and Pablo. But I don't think that was a big hot take because we're talking about the number top two top top, top, top three picks. So it's not, it's not nothing I'm about to brag about. And for six man of the year, I had Jordan Poole. Now Jordan Poole, he may not get it now because he may be ineligible because he's been starting a lot for the uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Now that Curry's down too, he's been starting too much, and Clay was down at one point, so he's probably ineligible for six man. So if Russell Westbrook would have stayed with the Lakers, he probably would have been a great candidate for. It. But now I don't. I'm not sure who's going to be six man. The media is going to the media's going to deem somebody worthy of the six man. And the whole media is just gonna ride with it. That's usually how it works with the NBA media. Like they deem one player that guy for that award, and once that happens, it just ride, Everybody just ride that bandwagon. Like I seen it one year, and I'm I'm, I'm closing out after this, but I seen it one year. The media deemed Marcus Saul as the defensive player of the year, even though LeBron James was killing it, and Dwight Howard was still in his prime, doing his thing. And on the all defensive team, Dwight Howard was first-team all-defense as a center, and Marcus Gasol was second-team all-defense as a center. So how can he be the defensive player of the year, but he's second-team all-defensive, and the guy that's in the same position as him is first-team all-defensive? It made no sense. But the media deemed – and that was the first time I realized how the media can control who wins awards. That narrative, as people will say, that narrative could be driven for one player's favor, and it could be rolled, rolled out for the whole season. And that's when I noticed for the NBA – when they when they deem said, said player, this is his award. It's as long as that player keeps that same status of what he's been doing, even if he deserves it or not, he's gonna get it. And they did it for that's the first time I see was Marcus saw, and I feel like they did it for Jokic, his first MVP, cause I don't think he deserved that. Then media deemed him MVP and they just rolled it out. So I, I, I noticed that before. That's why that's why people always want to say control your narrative. Control your narrative. Your narrative can help you win awards in the NBA more so than any sport I ever seen. Like that narrative can help can ride you all the way to the promised land. That's why some people, some players, push a certain narrative for them and try to get that narrative out early. And then and, and it goes. And goes Sometimes it goes in their favor and sometimes it doesn't. But that's it for me, man. Thank y'all for listening, man. It's been a wonderful talk. A lot of stuff I talked about, man. A lot of names I dropped. For everybody name I drop, man, if you feel them type of way, come out and let me. We can i bring you on the episode. We can run it back. You know, I never dug no smoke. And um and I you should be proud. I said I don't this I don't de- debate just anybody with the colour sports. So the people I do debate with, man, I I I deem all y'all worthy of my takes. <laughs> But man, for real though, thank y'all for listening, man. Appreciate y'all. It's all love at the end of the day, man. I appreciate everybody that been locking in. I know I've been in my A, but I am back and I'm ready to do a lot more episodes um, for the rest of the year and get, get this thing flowing, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening. I'm going to see y'all soon. Peace. I can't stay away from you. No, no I can't.